0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Evan Eysen Show. We are recording this on the morning of July 3rd. So by the time this comes out, there will be three new episodes this week. I normally only publish once every one every couple of weeks, but circumstances fell in a way where I was able to reconnect with a couple of people from my Waldorf College, Waldorf University days, so I decided... Why not just release three of them? So, we have part three of my small business series coming up on Thursday, where I talked to Mark Wentz of the Go-Getter Delivery Company here in town. Uh, on Saturday, uh, part four of the small business series, I recently reconnected with uh, Marissa Donnelly from Waldorf University, and we talked about her Light Collective Writing Service website, and shared some Waldorf College stories, and... My guess this afternoon is that once upon a time, we used to have sports talk shows together. Uh, and this is the first time we had talked to each other since at least the end of the 2016 finals where we broke down how the Cleveland Cavaliers won an NBA title. We might have talked a little bit before then, but it, it's been at least a couple of years. And he recently... Uh, has some exciting career news that he's going to share. It is Mr. Cody Clark. So, Cody, it is 9 a.m. Central Time on July 3rd. How are you feeling this morning?
1: I'm feeling fantastic, Evan. Thanks so much for having me on. I didn't realize it had been that long since we got to uh, got to hop on and talk about <laughs> some basketball. But I really, uh, really appreciate the opportunity to come on your show and come on the podcast and uh, looking forward to it.
0: All right, so we'll start with... Uh, what you've been going on ever since uh, you left, uh, ever since you left uh, WC, now WU, a few years ago, you've had uh, quite the ride. You went to, you worked for Delta State University. Yes. And then you spent some time with the Orlando Magic of the NBA, and now, uh, go ahead and uh, announce uh, what you got going on in, in the near future.
1: Yeah, indeed. So I'll, I'll kind of work work backwards and then work up to that. But you're right. I left Waldorf University in uh, 2016 uh, and then moved on to Delta State University, which is a Division II school in Mississippi. I was working in their athletic communications department while I was getting my master's degree. I uh, was doing uh, athletic communications for them, was doing broadcasting for Delta State of a bunch of different sports. I was covering basketball, baseball, soccer. Uh, you name it, we were covering it, but just, you know, producing a lot of the content for the website, uh, both written and audio and video and all those sorts of things. So spent two years at Delta State, uh, parlayed that into a, a gig this past year as the radio intern for the Orlando Magic, which was uh, a phenomenal experience being able to be a part of uh, an NBA broadcast on a nightly basis. Uh, my, you know, with the Magic, I was doing a ton of different stuff on uh, behind the scenes on the radio side, producing our magic drive time radio show on game nights, uh, booking daily guests for our radio show uh, for magic drive time, uh, producing commercials, producing features that would run uh, at halftime during broadcasts, uh, providing uh, production support for, for our different elements throughout the broadcast, uh, cutting highlights uh, on road games from the studio and using those and intertwining those throughout our pregame and postgame shows. Uh, I was the, the locker room correspondent for home games, so going in the locker room, being part of the scrums and, and getting player reactions from, from wins and losses and, and uh, us weaving that into the uh, post game show on radio. So just a, a lot of different responsibilities behind the scenes production-wise with the Magic for my radio internship. And then that turned into, as you alluded to earlier, I accepted a full-time radio producer position in West Palm Beach with hubbard broadcasting they have a a cluster of radio stations in west palm and so i will be a a full-time radio producer for or for them doing a variety of different things similar to what i've done at the magic and and just making sure that all all uh all the stations are on the air and and firing what they're supposed to do so really looking forward to the opportunity in west palm
0: and it should be an interesting opportunity for you guys because uh, when we were when we were in school together, you were always uh, experimenting and trying different things, and uh, you deserve all the success that that you get. And it's it's great to reconnect with this. So, uh, I've got. Thanks so few, much. I appreciate I got that. A few magic centric questions. Uh, Mo Bamba, is he really as tall and as long as he looks like in in two K and in four? <laughs>
1: 100 percent and most put on i think 20 pounds this summer so he's up to 240 uh around that neighborhood so and you've seen a couple of different things where he said he's made big jumps this summer but yes he is as long as he looks uh he's added 20 pounds so he's uh he's really gearing up for a for a big uh sophomore campaign
0: what's what's he like uh because you were around because you were around these uh nba players uh, for the internship and you were part of the media scrums and you worked with the team what, what were they like to you did you interact with them a whole lot
1: uh not a whole lot but you know during scrums and on game days and practice days when they we'd have media availabilities and that kind of stuff but the players were the players were remarkable Mo Mo's a fantastic kid he's extremely bright extremely intelligent kid I, I think that's something that was part of the process when he was coming out that definitely intrigued the magic front office is the, his intelligence and his ability to think the game. And he's even come a long way in that just being able to be a part of the NBA this past year. Unfortunately his season got sh- cut short with the stress fracture in his leg, but he's worked, he's worked back from that. And he, you know, for all intents and purposes, he's, he's ready to go for, for summer league coming up, but then just the magic had a great, Collection of of guys. I mean, just from top to bottom, and dealing with them, everybody from Mo Bamba to Nick Vucevic to Terrence Ross, Evan Fournier, just you know, DJ Augustine, the whole lot of them was you know just a a really, really good group to work with, and just being able to be around them and learn from them every day. You know, it's it's one of the things that I enjoyed the most is being part of those scrums, just because whether it was uh, head coach Steve Clifford or whether it was the players, you know, you I learned so much about the NBA, and I learned so much about the game of basketball, just being able to uh, be in those scrums and listen to them talk. So whether it was the players, whether it was Coach Steve Clifford, you know, was able to learn a ton about the game, which was, you know, one of the really, really cool experiences of this internship.
0: And the Orlando Magic uh, wound up going to the playoffs uh, earlier uh, this, se- this season, especially coming off of back-to-back uh, sub-30 win seasons. Steve Clifford comes in, which... He was a he was a good coach in Charlotte, which the Charlotte Hornets are kind of like. I, I I know this parallel doesn't fit anymore because like they're actually they're actually showing some competence, but they kind of look like the Browns of the NBA, where you look at that roster and it's like I don't know how the hell this team wins thirty five games. But Orlando did the thing that a lot of people argue you shouldn't do like why bother chasing the eight seed when we're gonna we're gonna get smoked in the first round and we're not good enough to get a top guy but it really helps with that they have a good young core they've got Mo Bamba Jonathan Isaac they just traded for Markel Fultz who two years ago the Philadelphia 76ers gave up the chance to get Jason Tatum to get him Uh, we don't really know what's going on with Markel Foltz. this is a, a bizarre couple of years, but this this is an Orlando team that, if a couple things break right and the development goes their way, they could be a scary team in 2021-2022. Like
1: no, you're exactly right, and we'll, we'll go in a couple of different places there. The playoff experience, you mentioned it, was fantastic, because you've got such a young group, I, I don't think you can over overstate the importance of being in a playoff uh, being in playoff mode down the stretch, having to win games to get yourself in uh, the, you know, the, everyone says, you know, the environment is so different, but having the chance to be in the building for a couple of playoff games, the two at uh, Amway Center when the Raptors came to town, I mean, it is, it is such a different atmosphere and such a different level of intensity that, having your young guys exposed to that I think is just absolutely invaluable and the guy leading the charge there as you mentioned Steve Clifford was an absolute home run hire you know the magic turn magic had a 17 win turnaround from uh from last year to this year and and it can't be you know overstated that Steve Clifford was a major reason why that happened he had he had those Charlotte Hornet teams you know a calling card of Steve Clifford's is on defense and and he had those Charlotte Hornet teams in his tenure there in Charlotte I mean they were top they were top 10 top 12 team defensively in a plethora of categories and the exact same thing happened here in Orlando and, and he, you could argue that in Orlando his personnel for that was much better and you saw the advancements with the Magic in those categories with the length of Mo Obama Jonathan Isaac Uh, Aaron Gordon's on-ball defense. Nick Vucevic took a major step uh, forward in his interior defense with Coach Clifford at the helm. Evan Fournier, an underrated perimeter defender, uh, a very big, long wing that defended a lot of the premier scorers in the NBA on a nightly basis. So I think Coach Steve Clifford and the defensive uh, intensity and defensive focus was, was it's definitely a major reason that the Magic were able to make the playoffs and as you mentioned, just a really, really good experience for the young guys who the Magic hope are going to be that core that can return them to consistent playoff contention and, and NBA finals contention.
0: Plus they brought back like the blue pinstripe early nineties design, which I'm here for.
1: Yes, th- this year the thirtieth the thirtieth season Uh, This was the 30th anniversary of Magic basketball, so another, you know, cool opportunity just getting to work for the team in the 30th season, but, you know, the classic, it was the the classic edition uniform with the pinstripes, and just, uh, that was was definitely a big hit in the arena, you know, people wearing the jerseys, and then, you know, the fans wanted us to wear them, you know, in the playoff games, which you're not, you know, you're not allowed to wear those uh, in the... In the playoffs, in the postseason, but uh, fans were clamoring for that, and and it was just uh, a really great atmosphere. And I totally agree. One of the uh, one of the better throwback uh, one of the better throwback jerseys in the NBA, that's for sure.
0: So we're gonna pivot to free agency now that we've had around seventy two ish hours to sort of digest everything that's gone on, and to stick with Orlando, this was a team that you kind of thought, okay, well, if they could bring back Vucevic and Terrence Ross and just sort of run it back, they could be an interesting team. And they they did it. They brought Vucevic back for four years, $100 million. They brought Terrence Ross back. Uh, I'm not quite sure what his contract was, but they were able to re-sign. They were able to re-sign him. So, Getting getting Vucevic and Terrence Ross back uh, is only going is only going to help. But the one team that did not go as expected was the New York Knicks because we heard all summer, oh, they're going to get KD and they're going to get Zion and the Knicks are going to be the Knicks again. And it's it's on paper it's not pretty. It's not pretty, but they could have chased a lot worse decisions than bringing in Julius Randle and Alfred Payton on short-term deals.
1: No, you're exactly right. I'll start with the start with the Magic, and then we'll, we'll, we'll dive into the uh, the summer that the Knicks have had. But you mentioned it. I mean, I think it was really big for this Orlando Magic front office to bring back its own free agents in Nick Vucevic, in Terrence Ross. Uh, signed al Farouk Aminu. Obviously, none of these deals are official yet. They can all be, you know, signed and completed on the sixth. But for all intents and purposes, Nick Vucevic, Terrence Ross, bring in al Farouk Aminu, uh, picked up, you know, the option on Wes Owundu. So most of the team is coming back, and you're going to add presumably a healthy Mobamba, and you're looking to add Markel Foltz to that group. So I think it was really important for this front office to be able to remain competitive while not having to – You know, not having to take a step back. The Magic can still compete for the playoffs, don't have to strip it down and play for the lottery. Uh, They believe in Mobamba. They believe in Jonathan Isaac. They believe in that young core uh, with Markel Fultz uh, and the rest of that roster. And so I think you saw the Magic put an emphasis on bringing back the team that was able to get the seventh seed in the playoffs. Um, You saw a commitment to bringing back Terrence Ross, the. Uh, one of the best six men in the NBA. Guy hit more than 200 threes off the bench, uh, bringing him back as uh, after a, a career season uh, over 15 points a game. So, and then Nick Vucevic, I mean, an All Star in the middle, uh, a 20 and 12 guy, uh, got his first All Star game this year. Uh, couldn't happen. Do a better guy as well. Vuce has spent, you know, the, the vast majority of because his career here in Orlando was in Philly for a year, I think, before he came uh, to the Magic. But just his impact in the middle, uh, his ability to step out and shoot threes and stretch the floor is something that he's added to his game. So I know he was a big priority for this Magic front office to bring back and they were able to do that. And then adding a guy like Al Farouk Aminu, it's going to be interesting to see how he fits because he, you know, 6'8", he's got a, a, a long wingspan, he's a, a great defender, and he has a t- he's a veteran player, he has a ton of experience. I think he started uh, 81 games last year for the Trailblazers, uh, he's been in multiple playoff series, so I think an underrated add for the magic it's going to be interesting to see how head coach Steve Clifford weaves him into the rotation but if you're the magic you've got to like your chances of of being able to compete in the east and and being able to make a run at a playoff spot for a second consecutive year but sliding over to the Knicks you mentioned it you know I, I think and I think a lot of the buzz was you know, media driven, you you know how that goes when it's all, you know, the, the Knicks are gonna, you know, can win the NBA lottery. I mean, yes, they, they have a percentage chance to win the NBA lottery. I think we all kind of crowned them as going to get Zion Williamson. And I think Zion was even, you know, drinking some of that Kool-Aid. And it's one of those things where I think he was disappointed just in the fact that not to be the number one overall pick and not disappointed to be going to new Orleans to start his career. But I mean, for a kid, you you know, you can think back to your childhood. You can't help but think when, you know, if someone was telling you this was going to happen and people were so excited, I mean, I think he started believing it a little bit too, even though there was, you know, a really slim chance it could happen. So I think it started with that. And, you know, they were clearing out space, the, the Porzingis trade. They were clearing cap space, trying to get a couple of max free agent guys. And I know you and I were talking about before we started recording. Yes, they did not get Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. You know, a couple of guys that I think they would have liked to bring in. But I don't necessarily think that they've had the worst, uh, the worst summer. No, no. I think that, and with KD, I think it's one of those things. Kyrie Irving, according to all the reports, he was going to the Brooklyn Nets. You know. Whether he met with the Knicks or not, I'm not even sure. I, it, w- it seemed to be a foregone conclusion that Kyrie Irving was going to Brooklyn, and Kevin Durant. It was also pretty much a foregone conclusion that he was going to Brooklyn. I mean, you heard, you saw that 6:01 when you know you can start making some of these things uh, official with the free agency period. I mean, at 6:01, Kevin Durant made the announcement on, I think, the boardroom, his company's uh, Instagram account, that he was going to Brooklyn. So, I mean, he didn't decide in that one minute that he was going to Brooklyn. That was that was something where his mind was made up. So I, I think, you know, a lot was made about the Knicks and they didn't, off, didn't want to or didn't offer Kevin Durant a max contract. And I look at it as, I don't... That doesn't really bother me from the standpoint that I don't think... Kevin Durant was going to the New York Knicks anyway. Now, whether he would have if he didn't get hurt, you know, him and his Achilles injury, I think plays a lot into this. But for what happened and him getting hurt, I don't think he was going to the Knicks anyway. I think the Knicks could have offered him, you know, $5 million, $10 million over the max, which obviously you can't do. But I think the Knicks could have offered him a max and he still wouldn't have gone to New York, is, is the way I look at it.
0: And the Knicks. Just kind of, they pivoted and they got Julius Randle for three years, sixty-three million. They brought in Alfred Payton. They brought in Taj Gibson. So they have steady veteran. They have a steady veteran guys. They got Wayne Ellington, Reggie Bullock, who is a sharpshooter. He's not like he's not a household. He's not a household guy, but he's a really efficient three point shooter. But they could have done the thing that. Other teams did in 2016, which is well, we've got all this cap space. We gotta spend it on somebody, and that's how you got Bismack Biyombo making 17 million dollars a year. Because hey, we've got all this cap space. We gotta we gotta pay somebody. Like they could have just called Julius Randle and say, okay, here's five years, 125 million, and then they're looking up and now they're. But they made smart short-term decisions that. If it doesn't work out, okay. Uh, they're not stuck in a Chandler Parsons Memphis contract where, like, they'll take where Memphis will take fifteen twenty cents on the dollar to get rid of, to get rid of Chandler Parsons. But you know, I think this once and for all killed the whole trope of oh, people want to play in New York because it's New York, and people want to play in Madison Square Garden, and what we found out is that people in the NBA, want stable, competent organizational structure. And I'm not saying that Jim's, D- James Dolan was an instant turnoff to these guys, but it, it had to have influenced the decision a little bit. Like, you don't think players talk and say, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's, it's a clown show over there. Like, don't, don't – like, It's not, you know, living in Manhattan isn't worth it, uh, being part of the Knicks.
1: Well, yeah, no, I I think there's definitely, there's some turmoil in that Knicks franchise, and and that definitely plays a part. I think you're exactly right. Players talk, and, and players want to play in stable environments. And you look where Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are going in the Brooklyn Nets, and you look at the job that Sean Marks and the Brooklyn Nets have done there, digging themselves out of pretty much rock bottom for Brooklyn and they did it with very little draft assets, and they, they quietly, steadily built a team. I think D'Angelo Russell, who you saw, uh, is going to go to the Golden State Warriors in a sign-in trade. He played a big part in it this year, but just bringing the Nets back to a position to be able to sign a couple of these guys, I think it is a major kudos to the Brooklyn organization And as you mentioned, you know, the Knicks, they don't have that same luster uh, that the Knicks once had. And I think for the NBA's purpose, you know, the NBA would love the the New York Knicks to return to being the New York Knicks of old. And and I think, you know, they took a a little bit of a hit this summer where I think they thought they would get KD and maybe somebody else. But you talk about the guys that they did sign and Julius Randle was – a, a 21 a game, uh, almost nine rebounds, three-assist guy. Uh, he's 24 years old. I mean, I, I really like that three-year deal for Julius Randle. Now, they're kind of collecting power forwards with, with Randle, and they signed Taj Gibson. Uh, they signed Bobby Portis to a two-year deal. I, I'm a big Bobby Portis fan. I think he's going to do a nice job. So you, you, you're kind of collecting guys there. but um, But I think the Knicks made some decent moves and and you know we talked about it earlier i don't know if they were going to get these guys anyway even if they offered them the max so what did they do they went out and and added alfred payton as you pointed out a, a good player a very versatile player a guy that can run the point guard a guy that can help dennis smith jr you know wayne ellington knockdown down shooter right? A.J. Bullock, knockdown shooter. So they made these moves and they spent money here in the short term, two and three year deals. I think the Knicks will the Knicks will be better than they have been. They will still be, you know, most likely going to be uh, a team right, you know, picking in the lottery right in that area. But they they've brought in guys that can help mentor some of the young guys, and they've brought in guys that are tough that are going to compete on a nightly basis. And I think New York hopes that some of those guys can can help turn uh, help turn that culture around.
0: And it's they have a nice collection of, of young players. They've got they've got Kevin Knox, they have Mitchell Robinson, they took RJ Barrett number three overall. Is this team a playoff team? It's highly unlikely that this team is a playoff team, but this was this was the New York New York. This was the Brooklyn Nets roster 3 years ago. These are some of the guys that they had starting games for them in 2016-2017. Randy Foy, Archie Goodwin, Sean Kilpatrick, KJ McDaniels, and whatever was left of Louis Scola in in 2016. This was a team that 3 years ago had no future, no hope. And through shrewd scouting and shrewd moves, they rebuilt this team into a place where, on paper, assuming Kevin Durant next year goes back to being what we've seen from Kevin Durant, have to be a a favorite in the Eastern Conference. Now, speaking of Eastern Conference favorites, the biggest fish in the free agency pond, as of this recording, has not been signed Boardman is going to get paid, but he hasn't been paid yet, and it seems that it's either going to be Los Angeles or he runs it back in Toronto. Uh, But from a basketball standpoint, why leave Toronto? Like, they were in this unique situation where the DeRozan-Lowry pairing had hit its ceiling, they couldn't run it back, Masai Ujiri needed to do something, and it was... We're going to go all in on this one year of Kawhi Leonard, and after that, whatever happens, happens. And if it and if Kawhi Leonard leaves, they've got expiring contracts with Lowry and Serge Ibaka. They can just blow it up and start over. Like, if you're Kawhi Leonard, why leave Toronto? You were just the man. You were the guy in Canada, which was allegedly what you wanted to leave San Antonio. You wanted the shoe deal, and you wanted people to know who Kawhi Leonard is. Everybody in Canada knows who Kawhi Leonard is and everybody loves him.
1: Yeah, no, Kawhi Leonard's so interesting to me because, I mean, I don't think anybody knows, you know, really what makes Kawhi Leonard tick. I mean, you saw, I'm of the opinion that Kevin Durant, before the injury, was the best player in the world. With LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, you know, kind of lurking right there. With Kevin Durant down, Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the NBA. Now, I, I know LeBron James is there, you know, Anthony Davis, they're teaming up. What Kawhi Leonard did uh, with the Raptors winning the NBA title, Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the game right now where the circumstances are as they are at this moment. Now, the you know, to, to stay in Toronto, you know, I think it's an interesting, interesting debate to look at because, you know, if he's, stays in toronto they're probably the title favorites again i know vegas probably has the lakers in the west but they're definitely the favorites to get out of the east and get to the nba finals again if he stays in toronto there's no doubt about that because danny green probably will resign then with the raptors and you're bringing back pretty much that whole team now if he goes you know it's one of those things where he can stay run it back say hey we want a title let's try it again but it's also one of those things where hey you traded for me we wanted to make a run at a title. I did that, and it's been known over the over the past few years that Kawhi Leonard has wanted to come uh, to the West Coast and play at home because he is a is, is from the West Coast, and so you, you can, Kawhi can say, "Hey, yes, you know we, we won the we won the uh, we won the title in Toronto. I delivered you guys a championship." I'm gonna you know I'm gonna slide out west and go play for the Lakers or go play for the Clippers I think it's one of those things where I don't necessarily know if you can be you know if you're a Raptors fan I mean he brought you a title so yes you want him to stay but if he decides to leave I think you're happy with the title so it's just this it's it's just this interesting cycle and you know Kawhi Leonard you know he's, just, he's a very private person he's a very quiet person and so it's Nobody quite knows what he's going to do. Nobody quite knows what motivates him, uh, whether it's, you know, trying to move to a a bigger market, whether it's, you know, being the man in Toronto, whether it's, Hey, I'd just like to sit here and do my work and nobody pay attention to me. you know, if you go to the, after winning the NBA title, that can't happen in Toronto. If you're moving to LA, you know, you're going to be the big fish in the pond there. So that probably can't happen, but uh, he's just such an interesting person. and, and, I don't think anyone knows what motivates Kawhi Leonard, and so I think it's fascinating listening to all of us as we try and figure it out and make the decision for him. I think we'll get a decision here in the next few days, um, but it's just, it's just so interesting because nobody really knows, I think.
0: And Toronto was in a unique situation as a team where what they had had a ceiling, they'd hit that ceiling, and Ujiri and that team needed to do something. And what they did was at because remember how everyone treated the Kawhi Leonard trade when it happened. everybody crushed him. It was like oh well, oh you're you're gonna trade away your most loyal, you're gonna trade away your most loyal player for one year of Kawhi Leonard, boo that's stupid. Like why would you do that? He's just gonna half ass and you know peace out to L.A. in a year, and here we are, almost a year. To roughly a year to the day later, Toronto is NBA champion, and we and I think Toronto fans now would make that deal a thousand times out of a thousand.
1: No, you're exactly right. The job Masayu Ujiri did is just, I mean, remarkable. To get Kawhi Leonard, to get a guy like Danny Green in that trade as well, uh, don't think it can be understated the job that he does defensively that he does as a veteran presence who's played in NBA finals before, uh, to bring in a guy like Mark Gasol at the deadline. I think that was a massive, massive add for them. I think that you know the series against the Magic could have gone a little bit differently. Magic were able to take game one from Toronto. Gasol was able to really neutralize Nick Vucevic, and if the Raptors don't make that move, I'm not saying the Magic win that series uh, by any stretch, but... It's one of those things where that series could potentially be different, but they've they've got a guy that can neutralize a guy like Nick Vucevic in Marcus All, and they added him to be able to defend on the interior, to be able to step out and hit shots and, and play in the pick and roll, in the pick and pop game. So the moves that Ujiri made, you know, you saw uh, Fred Van Vliet really have a coming out party in the NBA Finals. Just a, a great construction of talent. And I think you're seeing teams try to be able to uh, try to be able to replicate this. Is that they had the Raptors had one star, on Kawhi Leonard. They had a bunch of other high-level players. You had a guy like Pascal Siakam who took major steps this year as NBA's Most Improved Player. But you had a roster full of guys that could play consistent basketball on both the offensive and defensive ends of the floor. And you had your one star and all of the pieces complemented each other perfectly. And you've got to, to give a ton of credit to Masai Ujiri for recognizing that Kawhi Leonard, that Danny Green, these are a couple of pieces that I think will fit and will mold with the group that we have to give us the best chance to make a run at an NBA Finals, which ultimately ended up happening. And to trade DeMar DeRozan, who, as you mentioned, was... You know, kind of the rock of that franchise, but Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, extremely talented players, but for some reason it wasn't working with those two together. So Ujiri said, "Let's shake it up. Let's bring in Leonard. Let's bring in Green. Let's send out DeRozan, and let's try and win us a title." And it ended up working out. And
0: it it also it 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 also proved that. Even if you take a flyer on a one year, one year rental, it's not it's not as bad as everyone makes it sound. It's you know nobody thought Paul George was going to stay in Oklahoma City. I mean he, Kawhi Leonard might stay in Toronto. He he might not. But even if he leaves, I think Toronto's going to be cool with it.
1: So, yeah, yeah. You know, the Raptors won a title, so it's one of those things where you know, can't really be mad at the guy. He, wanted, he want, delivered you uh, a title to Canada, so I don't...
0: On the flip side of trades, uh, on the flip side of trades, when, as it happened, everyone buried Toronto for how dare you treat DeMar DeRozan this way, people are ready to give David, Griffith, David Griffin Executive of the Year right now. Like, did you see what with the haul that they got for Zion? Oh, wait, not Zion for Anthony Davis.
1: Well, and just the job that just the job that David Griffin has done to, to sign a guy like JJ Reddick to, to come in as a floor spacer, as a guy who's a vet in this league, one of the hardest workers in this league in terms of uh, working on his craft and his body to bring in a guy like that uh, to, to add to the mix to bring in a guy like Derek Favors, to you know, to bring in uh, in that trade to get the draft picks and bring in Josh Hart and Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram, the job he's done in New Orleans is fantastic. And you add Zion to that mix, and you draft Nikhil Alexander Walker, good player out of Virginia Tech. You you draft you have uh, Jackson Hayes, I believe, as well uh, to to play in the middle. And so, you know, New Orleans has not so quietly with the Anthony Davis trade, but then the addition of some of these other pieces really put together a nice roster around their star Zion Williamson. And I think that team that team won 33 games last year. And, yes, you had Anthony Davis, uh, who's gone now, but you still have Drew Holiday. You have a good defensive backcourt, him with Lonzo. You're, you're assuming Zion comes in and is able to have an impact right away. You're adding J.J. Reddick. You're adding those guys. You know, I, I, I think New Orleans can come in and, and mess around and shock some people.
0: Plus, they were able to get Atlanta to take Solomon Hill's expiring contract. I mean, they had to, you know, make a move where they had to give up the fourth pick and DeAndre Hunter to do it. But this was a team that. On, if you woke up on the morning of May four, uh, of May 14th, which is when the lottery was, this was a New Orleans team that you could have made a compelling argument that in five years there might not even be a New Orleans Pelicans. They were talking about how they've only got a couple of beat writers. Uh, they have NFL guys in their training staff. Gail Benson owns the team, and her late husband, Tom, didn't really want to buy it. They just kind of... You know, the NBA just did him a solid to keep the team in New Orleans. And now, they win They win the lottery, they get Zion, and the reports immediately after... Remember when, like, there was a whole story about Zion could flex and go back to Duke? Remember when that was a story for, like, two days? When I made, mean,
1: I, I that was never going to happen. It was never going to yes, happen. Yes, I remember when that was a story.
0: And there was, apparently, he was allegedly abruptly whisked out of the lottery, and Zion was furious that the New York Knicks didn't win, but it, yeah, that was a story for like what, two days? And I still don't know who they were bidding against with the Lakers. The Lakers gave up probably 115, 120 cents on the dollar to get him because Rich Paul poisoned the well with anybody else and said, look, if you're not the Lakers, don't bother. He's not sticking around long term. And they were able to get Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and the Lakers draft for the next six years. Who?
1: Well, I, I who think are they I think both. Against? No, yeah, I, I just th- I think this is one of those instances where you're going to look back, and I think you can honestly say that both sides did well because the Lakers acquired a guy that's a top five, six, seven, eight player in the NBA. If you can you got a chance to go get that guy, you go get that guy, and they were able to keep Kyle Kuzma for the Pelicans. They were able to add young players, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. You were able to add future picks from the Lakers as well. So you look at the deal, and I think assuming Brandon Ingram is able to come back healthy, you, the, you're you looking at that deal as good for both sides because if you're the Lakers, you got the star, and you were able to hold on to Kuzma, which was a coveted piece with how he's played to start his NBA career. And if you're the Pelicans, you added uh, – uh, trio of young guys to come in and play alongside zion whose skills i think fit with what the pelicans are trying to do and are able to mesh with zion williamson and you got draft pick compensation to use in the future to help build that team whether it's actually using those picks trading them for future players or uh, draft assets so i you know obviously time will tell who won the trade i think both sides did extremely well and i think You know, you look at it, and the Lakers got their guy. The Pelicans got their guy by winning the draft lottery, and the Pelicans added a ton to be able to help put Zion in the best chance to win. And
0: when you look at how the lottery shaked out and how free agency shaked out, the three teams that you could say, wow, they got a lot better are small market New Orleans, small market Memphis, and Small market Utah. Well, I mean, Salt Lake City isn't like a small town, but like when it, in terms of the NBA, it's a small market. But those are the three teams that you look up over the last couple months and you're like, wow, their situation's got a lot better. And people on the other side want to look at the Anthony Davis trade as, oh, there's a chance that this could be Brooklyn 2.0. Okay, that's not going to happen for a couple of reasons. A, Genie uh, Bus isn't going to pivot a year and a half in and then just trade Kevin Garnett or Anthony. They're not going to pivot a year and a half in and then suddenly decide we care about the luxury tax and then just blow the, just blow the team up. And even if the Lakers even if it turns into apocalyptic Brooklyn worst case scenario uh, you know, are those dra- you still got to draft guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, but we got, we got about another 10 to 15 minutes. So do you want to talk about the Utah jazz and how quickly that situation turned around?
1: No. Yeah. I was just about to go there when you finish up. I think the, the improvement that the jazz have made uh, this, this off season has been fantastic. You know, they're able to execute that trade and bring in Mike Conley. Uh, And so you've got Mike Conley at point guard. They were able to make a big splash uh in free agency and getting Boyan Bogdanovich uh signing him to a, a four-year $73 million contract from the Indiana Pacers, a guy who can really shoot the ball, can really score. You add a guy like Ed Davis, an excellent rebounder on a very cheap deal, I think five million a year for the next couple of years to be, you know, your your backup four uh in Ed Davis. And adding Jeff Green, you know, the the news came out that they're going to add Jeff Green and Emmanuel Moutier. I think that broke yesterday. So adding Moutier to the backcourt as a backup and a guy that can learn from Mike Conley as a young player. Jeff Green, another veteran who can come in, play defense, stretch the floor uh, as, you know, as one of those stretch players that can shoot the ball. I really, really like what the jazz didn't you look at their roster on paper they gave and, and they didn't have to give up a ton to do it in the conley trade yes they gave up a couple of draft picks and they gave up uh, i think it was damari carroll and they gave up grayson allen but you're looking at mike conley don uh, donovan mitchell rudy gobert joe ingles bogdanovich uh, dante exum as your backup point guard you're looking at uh, Royce O'Neal at the small forward spot who had a really nice year last year and who's going to get a chance to do that again. I, I, just, I, I really like what Utah has, has been able to do in the trade market and in free agency. I think they had um, a, a really nice draft in bringing in a few different guys, trading back in, uh, picking up a guy like Mie Oni from Yale, Picking up Justin Wright-Forrester, Foreman, is one of the top scorers in college basketball this past year, um, you know, I, I just think the moves that they have made, you know, this is kind of another of a Kawhi Leonard type move. The Jazz recognize, yes, we are a good team, we can compete for, you know, the, the sixth, fifth, fourth spot in the Western Conference, but if we go get a guy like Mike Conley. We, we got a guy in free agency and Boyan Bogdanovich, we can really take a big step in a year where the Western Conference could be really, really wide open. You know, you're looking at a host of teams that you'd say would have a chance to win at all. I think the Utah Jazz are now in that category. So to be able to go out and get those players and make that happen, similar to what Toronto did, I'm uh, um, big fan of what the Jazz have been able to do.
0: When you look at Especially when you look at the Jazz over the last couple of seasons. Once they got to the playoffs, it was pretty clear that, yeah, it's the Donovan Mitchell show, and if Donovan Mitchell isn't on, then we're in all kinds of trouble. So getting, so getting those guys, it, it's going to be an interesting mix where you've got four perimeter guys who can create their own shot, and then Rudy Gobert, who just won Defensive Player of the Year, and you can just let Rudy just do Stifle Tower things. There is a chance that this Utah Jazz team could wind up in the Western Conference Finals. So, I, I suppose we'll, we'll wrap on this. Even with all the crazy stuff we've seen over the last few few days of free agency and at, towards the NBA playoffs, next season, you could talk me into a third of the league being in the finals, and you'd say, Yeah, I, I can see it." You could is it. Is this the most wide open and interesting the league has been probably in the last decade?
1: No, I, 100%, I think so, because you, you know, and I was going through it the other day in the Western Conference, you know, you forget about the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know, if Paul George had been able to be healthy, what could have happened there? You look at the Houston Rockets, again, are going to run it back with pretty much the same team. They were the fourth seed in the West. And yes, they haven't made a ton of moves, but they're bringing back a team that, you know, it's it shown they can get to the Western Conference Finals. So you have got the the Denver Nuggets who are going to be good again. And talking about the West. The Portland Trailblazers have had a nice uh, nice offseason. They were the three seed last year. You know, you've got the Utah Jazz who are the five seed in the West and they're re- really looks like ready to take a step into that top, you know, two, three, four of the Western Conference. The Sacramento Kings, you know, not going to win the NBA Finals, but they could find themselves into the playoffs. They've had a nice offseason of moves. The Lakers, with being able to add Anthony Davis, if he and LeBron are healthy, even if they are not able to add Kawhi Leonard, that's going to be a playoff team in the Western Conference, so they're going to jump up and take somebody's spot. Um, I'm not ready to count out the Golden State Warriors. You know, they've had a, a retool. Kevin Durant left. Uh, in the signing, you know, with the signing with the Nets, they were, you know, ha- they're going to have to do some some cap gymnastics uh, in that sign and trade with D'Angelo Russell. But you know, I think he'll fit well in the short term until Klay Thompson is able to come back. But you, you know, if Clay comes back healthy and the Warriors are able to keep their head above water and make the playoffs, you know, I- I'm not going to count them out. I mean, with Steph Curry, with Draymond Green, Kevon uh, Looney back. You know, you can't tell me that they don't have a chance in the Western Conference. And then, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks, mostly the same team. The Philadelphia 76ers, yes, they lose Jimmy Butler, but they add Al Horford and will have one of the best defensive starting five units in the entire NBA. I think the Pacers got better adding Malcolm Brogdon. And You know, the Nets, obviously KD will not play this year, but with Kyrie, the Nets are going to be a good team. And the Boston Celtics adding Kawh- um, Kemba Walker. You know, we haven't talked a ton about him, but he's going to step in and be a nice piece that fits with that other young talent in Boston. So you're exactly right. I mean, you as it stands right now and then moving into the start of the season as final rosters take shape and, you know, the season starts to play out, I 100% agree. I could probably talk myself into – Eight or nine or ten teams that you could look at, and and if they were to make the NBA Finals, if they were to win the NBA Finals, you would not be surprised if that happened.
0: And for the first time in years, we don't have that one team. Everyone looks at side eyed like, "What the hell are they doing?" Like that that doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, you kind of had that with the Knicks, but that but like we talked about it earlier, that was a hundred percent expectation media driven, where we just kind of assumed that they were going to get Zion and KD, but. I can't remember the last time we had like a few days of free agency where people didn't look out and say, well, yeah, that team clearly has no idea what they're doing. Like, so it's an interesting, exciting time in the NBA. And to think that this was right at the end of the current formation of the Golden State Warriors, you, you could talk me into a dozen teams that are going to win the NBA Finals. And I'd say, yeah, I, I can see it. I, I buy it.
1: No, I agree. And, and real quick to your point about, you know, some of the teams on the other side of the spectrum, I, I think the Chicago Bulls had a nice add in Thad Young. You know, that's going to be a guy who helps that locker room. You know, the Bulls could take a little bit of a step. I think the Atlanta Hawks are maybe this year or next year with their young talent being able to take a little bit of a step. You know, the Miami Heat uh, were the 10 seed in the East. They add Jimmy Butler. And so, you know, you've got to think adding him the heat could jump up into the playoffs next year. Uh, you look at the Western Conference, I think the Phoenix Suns, you know, another year with uh, allowing Ayton to grow. You've got Booker. Um, you were able to add Ricky Rubio, you know, the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, there's only one team in the West that didn't win 30 games, and that was the the Phoenix Suns. And you look at everybody else, maybe Memphis takes a little bit of a step back, but – you know, the West is loaded. You look at the East, I think you've got some teams, the Bulls, the Hawks, with some of their young talent ready to continue to take steps, not that they're going to make the playoffs, but with the, the ads that they've made in the draft and free agency are ready to take a step in their rebuilding process. So, so you you know, I 100% agree. I think, you know, you could talk yourself into a handful of teams to win the title, and, and you're going to see a very, very, very competitive Eastern and Western conference in the NBA this year.
0: We, we certainly are. We'll have to wait and see what happens in mid-October when the season starts. Uh, so we covered a lot. We covered a lot of bases. We we covered a what you've been up to ever since you left. Well, congratulations on the the uh, Hubbard broadcast gig in West Palm Beach, Florida. Enjoy the palm trees and the sand and uh, the, your day. The days of the days of freezing in that cold four city studio are long gone for you my
1: (laughs) (laughs) i will say and not not a bad not a bad place to end up uh for for a gig so thanks so much Evan. i appreciate that uh really looking forward to the west palm opportunity and definitely have not forgotten the forest city days uh broadcasting from that uh kzow studio you are right it was always cold down there in the winter but um, I I really appreciate the opportunity to come on. I appreciate the opportunity to catch up with you. I uh, hope you're doing well. I've enjoyed this uh, interview series that you're doing and, and being able to catch up on those. So really appreciate you having me on. And uh, I really appreciate uh, just being able to hop back on and, and talk sports with you like the old days. Yeah, and
0: we uh, it was nice to go back to it was nice to go back to 2015 at least for at least one day. So we'll indeed. So if you want to listen to future episodes of The Evan Aishin Show, there's a few ways you can do it. If you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, I'm on Apple Podcasts, so if you have the Apple Podcasts app and you type in Evanation Show, it'll pop up. If you have an Android, I'm on the Podbean app. Otherwise, you can go on online, which is evanishin.podbean.com. So we've got a busy week. There's going to be three new episodes ranging from today into into Saturday with, uh, so if you're interested in checking out the Marissa Donnelly interview, that'll be up on Saturday. If you want to hear about my uh, small local business series, we'll have the go get delivery service. That's going to drop Thursday afternoon. And if you're, and if you want to catch up with Cody Clark, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. I wonder what he's up to. Well, you can find out later today. So for Cody Clark, I'm Evan Aishin saying so long and I'll see you next time.